What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. We're the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting back with your friends, talking sports, life, everything in between. Jordan, how you feeling this Sunday, brother? Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, obviously, I think yesterday didn't go the way we hoped in a lot of ways. I mean, just with our pick'em in general, we did. Oh uh, my gosh! I brother. got three games correct. I got four. <laughs> you did better than I yeah, did. And one was an accident. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's for right. Ba- <laughs> so I technically got three yeah, right that's as well. Right. But yeah, you know, obviously uh, got to see George play uh, barely. But you know, but other than that, it was it was a good day of friends. It fan, was food, a great. Football, it was so. honestly a great day of football. Yeah. I mean, in sure. terms of being a college football fan and seeing what took place yesterday. That Baylor upset, 17 of 17 for for a backup quarterback. We were an inch away from having a super controversial top Literally board. an inch away from yeah. just absolute chaos. Um, Cincinnati makes history. Yep, absolutely. Alabama right back where we thought that they could possibly be all season. Yep. Uh, Georgia falls. Let's see. Um, Michigan Michigan, great performance. Yep. Just absolutely owned Iowa as we thought they would. And then about seven upsets in all the other games. Yeah. <laughs> There's way too many to count. If you picked a favorite, you probably lost yesterday. There's a very that's, good that's chance. That's kind of the bad yep. thing there. All right. A little bit of housekeeping. Major announcement. Bash Brother major announcement. We teased it last week, and here it is. Bash Brothers ESPN Capital One Bowl Mania Challenge is now a go. Absolutely. We are pretty simple here. You either have to like our page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Facebook at Bash Brothers Podcast. Twitter at B Brothers P-O-D. That's at B Brothers Pod. Yep. We are going to pay the winner 50 bucks. Yep. In whatever way you see fit, if you want an Amazon gift card, Visa gift card, Venmo, PayPal, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is to to follow one of those pages to be entered to win, and then of course actually play. It's very simple. Go to just Google ESPN Capital One Bowl Mania Challenge. There you will set up a profile. When it gives you the options to search group, simply type in Bash Brothers Podcast. That's the letter, the word Bash, the word Brothers, the word Podcast. Or we will post the links to join the group on our Twitter and Facebook page. Yep, absolutely. Good luck. Have fun. It will be straight up pickums. It normally averages about 40, 43 games, somewhere in there. Cannot wait to see you all in there. Also, put your names as something that you might actually be identifiable by. Because yep. I would love to actually be able to talk, like be like, man, you know, so and so's had a had a great week yep. so far. They're and seventeen also keep of eighteen. Keep those names clean. <laughs> yes, please keep those names clean if you can. And obviously, we will be breaking down each week because obviously, bowl mania don't happen all over one week. Oh, yeah. So we can talk Absolutely. standings and t- statistics yep. for a couple weeks. And just to clean it up too. Me and Connor are playing this, so if we win, we would get the $50, yes. just for all you Jordan to know. Jordan will personally send me $50 Absolutely. Of, his, of his own hard work and hard-earned money. Absolutely. All right, now, it is about that time, man. It is about that time. We will start here, segment one, Bass Brothers Championship Week in Review. If this is your first time tuning into our podcast, allow me to introduce it. The Bash Brothers Week in Review is simply Jordan and I taking the four or five biggest games of the week, this week probably the only games we'll cover this week, and doing a deep dive and analysis into them because we feel they deserve it. Yep. And around here, we don't bury the lead. We do not save the best for last. We start with the best thing we saw this week. Jordan Harris, <laughs> what was the best thing you saw this week, brother? Um, 
this is this is best slash worst. Obviously, it's worse because of my fandom, but it's best because I mean, obviously, it was it was a killer game. Georgia and Alabama SEC championship four o'clock. Got to be, got to be CBS. Um, we we have a Heisman winner after this game. Everybody, the narrative all week was we could have a Heisman winner depending on what happens in this game, and it's got to be Bryce Young. Bryce Young also won the SEC championship MVP award as he deserved. He absolutely balled out 26 of 44, 421 yards, an SEC championship game record that was previously owned by Mac Jones as of last year, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, 421 yards, three touchdowns. Stetson Bennett was asked to throw the most – passes he's thrown all year uh 29 of 48 340 yards three touchdowns two interceptions brock bowers who i think is the best tight end in the country kind of got uh shanked on the uh, mackey award there but 10 receptions for 139 yards and one touchdown but jameson williams had to take the rest of the load after mechie got hurt late or i think it was halfway through the game seven receptions for 184 yards two touchdowns man as fast as lightning and that was after john mechie the third had an incredible first oh, yeah. half an incredible before first the injury. Half, yeah. So, I mean, all in all, I mean, you know, Georgia's hung their hat on this great defense all season. Bama just figured out a way to pick them apart. We said it last week on paper coming in this game through the regular season, it looked like Georgia could win this game. You don't count out Nick Saban in a championship playoff scenario. The man is the greatest coach of all time for a reason. That's very well said. Uh, I work and live in the heart of Alabama and Auburn country, and obviously Alabama kind of prevails. They win a lot more than the uh, than the team that wears orange and blue. Um, so I have said all week, if you spoke with me about the game, I told you straight up what was probably going to happen there as I'm kind of fiddling with my microphone. That was that you cannot bet against Nick Saban in a game like this. And this one was even more special because – all week he got and he said it in his press press conference he got yep. rat poison that he could use to his benefit for positive once. rat poison positive rat poison he said it was yummy um if you watch college football just this season i could understand why you thought georgia would win this game right completely dominant defense alabama you know i still stand by what we said they've looked ungood for about half the season uh, yep. lsu auburn a and m uh, arkansas and then florida, florida. All very not great teams, you know, some of those mediocre at best. And then Georgia has, you know, smashed those teams, you know, literally some of those the exact same team. But you have the greatest college football coach and possibly the ever co- to ever coach a sport in general yep. as your coach. You have a assistant of his on the sideline who has never beat him in particular and has – struggled mightily in these situations, let's be honest. Uh, there's no reason to believe anything other than what happened was going to happen. Yeah. Okay, other than if you had just watched football this season, if you didn't know any of that history. I told so many Alabama fans, and as a as a fan of the game, as a fan of college football in general, which I am, I love this sport. I don't just watch my team, I watch every team. I've watched every Alabama game this season. As a fan of the sport, it is disappointing for me. And I think Nick Saban alluded to it in that great soundbite that went viral last week where he's talking mm-hmm. about entitled fans. For what Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide has done for college football in general, but more importantly, their own fans, 
for them to have kind of just jumped off the bandwagon because of a couple rough performances. Listen, we're analysts, okay? I am allowed to tell you that y'all have not looked great. As a fan of a team, it's ride or die. I don't care if you're a fan of two-egg tech or you're a fan of the dynasty that is Alabama. It, It bothers me as a fan who would love to be part of a dynasty and freaking have, you know, six national titles oh, over yeah. the last decade or whatever, that Alabama's fans switched up so quickly. Yeah. And everybody's back on board now, oh, yeah. as they should be. Well, not only that, after A&M, they were literally message boards calling for Nick Saban to be fired. Exactly. And that's just, that's just entitled fans who are spoiled when it comes to winning, which is understandable. I can't put myself in that position. In terms of the game... It was exactly as I told everybody all week. Alabama came out and played phenomenal. Nick Saban had his team ready to dominate. There was only one desperate team on that field, and they were wearing crimson. Uh, Georgia, who has had just an elite season, there's no doubt about it. The defense was almost Wake Forest-esque in terms of defense was optional. The yep. only difference was is it looked like they were trying their hardest and just couldn't yep. make anything happen. I agree. The credit goes to the Alabama offensive line. The Alabama offensive line gave the best quarterback in college football and probably the greatest player in college football, that being Bryce Young, the opportunity to pick Georgia's defensive secondary apart, linebackers included. When you give the greatest college football player currently that much time in the pocket, he's going to do what he did. Offensively for Georgia, I think they got away from the game plan a little bit. We've been a run-heavy team. We have not asked Stetson Bennett to win us ball games with his arm, even though I think that is a possibility. And Georgia was averaging probably four to five yards a rush but kind of got away from it. And then once the game turned into a shootout, Georgia was completely out of its comfort zone. I give all the credit in the world to Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. They were the better team by far. They played incredible. And if anybody doubted that Nick Saban would not have that team ready to tear Georgia apart, you haven't been watching football. You can go read the receipts. Just as Auburn Tigers are the monster that hides under Nick Saban's bed, the Alabama Crimson Tide is the monster that hides under Georgia's bed, and until they exercise that demon, the Alabama Crimson Tide is Georgia's dad. Yeah, (laughs) that's a a good way to put it. It's Um, just the truth. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, You know, I think all year the talk has been about the, the, the positive point in Alabama's team has been the skill players. Uh, your running backs, the quarterback, obviously, like you said, Bryce Young, I think, is the best player in college football, will be. He's worth every cent of that million-dollar NIL deal he got before he even took a snap as a starter. Um, and then, obviously, the wide receivers, Mechie, uh, Jameson, uh, Bolden, you have several right there that just bought out. The pain points have been the offensive line and the defense minus Will Anderson. Offensive line played phenomenal. Bryce Young is known for getting the ball out quick. Even when he didn't in this game, when he had to wait, let stuff develop, he had all day to throw. There Last was, night, they all played up to the caliber and the yep. standard that you would expect yep. a Nick Saban team to play to. Yep. And even even the Alabama defense, who you did not hear Will Anderson's name a whole lot last night, they won the turnover battle turnover battle handedly. Even the, handedly. Pick, the pick six was yeah. huge. Yeah, absolutely. So, all in all, 17-point win by Alabama here. Absolutely dominant. A 24-point second quarter, which was – more points than Georgia's given up in a game all season was in one quarter. And then the second half, they scored 17, which tied what Georgia's given up all year. So, 
Dominant performance by Alabama. They move on as the number one team in the country and look to take on Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl on December 31st. So, great game. Speaking of Cincinnati. Speaking of Cincinnati. Segways are, are yeah. crucial here. Dude, I feel like you can tell in my voice that we were screaming 100% last <laughs> night. We were going crazy. Yeah. Cincinnati makes history. They do. In a game where I wasn't sure that they were going to win, I actually ended up picking Houston in our pick'em board because Cincinnati has struggled. But Cincinnati has not struggled in big games. This season, you look at Cincinnati's massive games. Uh, Notre Dame, they go on the road and absolutely slap them. Yep. SMU last week, they dominate them. And once again, Luke Fickle proves why style, style might not matter. Win the games, get in. Yep. Cincinnati makes history with a massive routing of Houston. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know what you say here. Cincinnati won by 15 points off of a 21-point uh, third quarter. But Desmond Ritter goes 11 for 17, 190 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Jerome Ford, big day on the ground for him. 18 carries, 187 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't know what else you can say, but Cincinnati has just been the, the picture of consistency. I mean, they've won some games close that they should not have. They should have blown some teams out, but – when it mattered, like you said, they won the big games by a lot. Exactly. A picture of consistency when it matters. Yep. I think that's make sure they still looked very ungood versus Tulsa at home when yep. game day was there. Very ungood versus Navy, and you can continue that trend. That's the reason why when the initial playoff rankings dropped, a lot of people said, well, that's it for Cincinnati. They won't yep. make it. Well, spoiler alert. Cincinnati is your number four team in the country, and they will play in the playoffs, yep. making them the first non-Power 5 school. Cincinnati has just made history. Luke Fickle definitely deserves to be talked about in a Coach of the Year oh, yeah. uh, type Absolutely. conversation. Um, and I agree. And don't let the score, the score fool you. It wasn't even that close. Houston kind of rallied late to just put up another score right. or two. Uh, but – I mean, we had a shootout at first, 14 to 13 at halftime. Yep. And then Cincinnati said, okay, fellas, y'all want to go to a playoff? They said, sure. And they went out and absolutely manhandled them for the last two quarters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not a ton of breakdown here, as in most of these games. Well, there's one more where that, that had some drama to it for sure. But this was one of those games where Cincinnati's favored by, I think, 12 going in. And they come out and they absolutely handle business and they make a historic statement. You know, we were talking about titles for this episode, and I said one great title would be Cincinnati makes history and Alabama continues it. Yeah. Because Alabama continues their historic run in this dynasty that is Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. And Cincinnati, in what could be Luke Fickle's final season, yeah. we're still kind of holding our breath on that. And the distractions around what could be that program absolutely sticks their foot in the ground and says, we are here, we made history, yeah. we'll see y'all December absolutely. 31st. Uh, uh, speaking of coaches making history here, a guy that has been shaky throughout his tenure, but this year what is What in the Harbaugh, What brother. in the Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh never has beaten Ohio State, did it in dominant fashion this year. Done. Never has made it to a playoff. Michigan has not made it to the playoff since never? the playoff. Done. Done. They absolutely rout the Iowa Hawkeyes, 42-3. to three. Four touchdowns on the ground for Michigan in total today. Blake Corum led that with five carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Cade McNamara, 
again, plays good enough to get it done, which when you have a run game like that, you really don't have to play too great. Best one-two punch in the country. 16 of 24, 169 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The line for this game was 10.5. Michigan blew that out of the water. By about the first 17 minutes. If there was any any question of uh, Jim Harbaugh's future at this school, it's been cut off. Jim Harbaugh has finally done it. He got a Big Ten team in the playoffs. He got his Michigan Wolverines in the playoffs. And he's looking like a fantastic coach right now when you had question marks prior to this. From sitting on the hot seat to sitting on a glacier. And he, they, I mean, give him an extension. Give yep. him all the bonuses, whatever he asked for, you know, because that's kind of the culture we live in. We definitely overreact, overreact to wins and pay our coaches quick. But you said it, brother. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, we literally have a saying around here from the Bash Brothers podcast, and it's come straight from one Mr. Jordan Harris over here. When something crazy in college football happens, you go, what in the Harbaugh? Well, what in the Harbaugh might be – uh, changing the narrative for sure might be a signal of good things now. Historic season when and and what's crazy is you're a loss to a ungood Michigan State team from easily being the number one team in the country. A lot of people thought when the playoff rankings came out this morning they would be the number one team in the yep. country. Definitely an argument to be made whether whichever side of that conversation you may try to fall on. Um, even they had a receiver on an end around pass throw a better pass than a couple quarterbacks did all season. Yeah. Absolute dime. And, again, not a ton here to break down. No. From the coin flip to four zeros, this was all Michigan. Michigan comes home. You know, I saw the clip this morning in the announcement show. They came in. They sat around. There was the banners were already hung that Jim Harbaugh had made last Wednesday that yep. said Big Ten champs. Absolutely. Hats off with the block M to Mr. Harbaugh. Massive win. Great season. You now get a chance in the playoffs. They will be playing the number three team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Should be a great defensive showdown. Can't wait to see whose offense prevails. Will be a great one. Anything else to add there, or you want to go to probably the most dramatic game of the day? Yeah, I got two questions for you. Okay. Can a backup quarterback win a conference championship? And is football a game of inches? Yes and yes. And if you had asked me one that first question earlier this week, this is this is one of the codes of the Bash Brothers, right? Never be afraid to admit when you're wrong. I said last week on the podcast, you can go back and listen to it. There is no way that a backup quarterback can beat the uh, Oklahoma State defense and Spencer Sanders. Guess what? He starts off on a historic 17 of 17 and balls out, Control honestly controls the whole game is what Baylor did. Yep. You even had some crucial mistakes there, the fumble on about the 10-yard line, you know, so forth and so yep. on. But on the arm of Spencer Sanders. Blake Shapin. No, no, no. Me. Spencer, right, yes, uh, we'll get there. Okay, I got what you're saying. On got the saying. arm, yeah, you know where I'm going with this because yeah, you were harping on it all day. <laughs> on the arm of Spencer Sanders, he helped hand a trophy to the Baylor Bears, winning their first Big 12 championship in a while with four, count them one, two, three, four interceptions on the yep. day. Yeah, it's, I don't even, I mean, he went 31 of 46, so he only missed 15 attempts, but when four of those attempts, wind up in other team's hands. And they got points it's a, off it's a, bad a lot day. of them, yeah. too. I mean, Blake Shapin. I mean, right. He steps in this game. The man, the for, myth, the legend. Might have earned himself a starting have. position this season. He might also have. has got a pretty good bowl game coming yeah. up versus the yeah. Buckeyes. So. Yeah, but 23-28, 180 yards, three touchdowns. The kid came in 
and did exactly what they needed him to do to win this game. You they, might not complete 17 straight uh, passes in practice when you're just like seven on seven running routes. Yeah, yeah, and this man did it in a Big 12 yeah, title game. I agree. But big, big win for Dave Aranda, right? I mean, he just signed that contract. They were thinking maybe he goes to LSU, maybe he goes to one of these bigger schools. Looks like it's worth every yeah, penny. Looks like it's worth every penny. So Baylor ends the regular season, well, you know, with the conference championship, 11 and 2. And the Big 12 is going to have a big shakeup next year. We're going to have to see what happens. Man, there is so much parity in the Big 12 right now. And then, you know, even look further down the line to those four incoming teams when they come in. It's definitely going to be an awesome thing to watch for uh, a college football fan. And then just talk about the last play of the game. Uh, You had essentially seven plays from the one-yard line that all you had to do was get a yard and you are Big 12 champions and probably a playoff-going team. And the Baylor Bears defense, who has – that's what Dave Aranda hangs his hat on, just bows their backs – the last play of the game is essentially a toss sweep to the running back, long side of the field, yep. left-hand side, and you die for the pylon, and you literally come up one inch short from history for your program, being the, obviously going to the playoff for the first yep. time, obviously winning a Big 12 title for the first time in a while. And football is a game of inches. You mentioned it from the top of the segment. What a game. Yeah, but it's not only one inch from you going or winning the Big 12 championship. It's one inch from probably one of the biggest playoff controversies we've had since, since I mean, maybe, maybe Penn, Penn State. State. Yeah, yeah, Penn Jinx. State, Ohio yeah. State. But or yeah. Georgia, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. or any, yeah. I mean, any yeah. of them. It's, it's huge controversy because then you have three one-loss teams, or four one-loss teams, sorry, with Oklahoma State, an undefeated Cincinnati, Obviously, four of those teams win their conference. Georgia doesn't. I mean, like, it's such a let's hard play, Let's play that scenario. Who would you have left out? God, I don't know. <laughs> I, re- I mean. Oh, my gosh. I, I couldn't imagine. I, I couldn't imagine making that decision. I mean, Because any way you yeah. slice it, it's unfair. I agree. If you leave Oklahoma State out, it's unfair. If you leave Cincinnati out, it's unfair. If you were to leave Georgia out, it's unfair. Obviously, Alabama wins. Michigan wins. Yeah. And you couldn't leave either of those no. out. It's just yeah. a brutal conversation it to is, have. It is, 100%. But uh, speaking of four interceptions. <laughs> oh, oh, man. The, the man that was on the Heisman watch list for a lot of the season, defense optional Wake Forest, Sam Hartman and Wake Forest, fall in the ACC championship to Pittsburgh, 45-21. to 21. Uh, Sam Hartman. Kenny 20, Pickett, yep. man. Kenny Pickett. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get the casualties out of the way so we can talk about the elephant in the room about this yeah. game. I think everybody knows where we're going. So, uh, this game was honestly a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. We both picked Pitt. We actually got that one right. Well yep, done, brother. Um, Kenny Pickett comes out, lights it up. Uh, just Wake Forest was kind of exactly what we thought. Pitt's defense played defense, gets the four turnovers, including two pick sixes, I believe. One pick six they took right down to the two-yard line. Just a massive showing from Pitt, an incredible season from Pitt. I don't know if you can say there's a new king in the ACC, but definitely a new somebody was crowned champion. Yeah. Clemson was obviously not even there. Will be great to see moving forward. Right. Still a great season from Wake Forest. Uh, Sam Hartman, honestly a great season. Not a great showing here. Right. You also have a bowl game. But moving forward, it will be very interesting. Right. Yeah. Not a ton to break down in this one. A lot like the Michigan game. This one also didn't have playoff implications. Yeah. So congratulations to Pitt in an absolutely great season and a championship. Hey, and props to us. We said at the beginning of the season, ACC was as wide open as ever. 
And I don't boy, think we it. ever said Pittsburgh and Wake Forest were in that conversation. Not at all. We were correct on the first part. I anyway. definitely had North Carolina and Clemson, which yeah. another announcement. Not next week, but the next week will be our like you know awards, and we'll yeah. look back at our preseason picks, see what we got right, what we got wrong. Show I can't wait for that. Now let's talk about this play, and you know yeah, where I'm going. So on the first drive of the game, Pitt gets the ball. Kenny Pickett is on a scramble. He's probably 20 yards deep into this scramble, and he fakes a slide. Yep. The defensive player in front of him completely stops, just yep. breaks down in a defensive position like you would to just touch somebody if you were playing in the NFL so that they would be counted as down. Yep. Kenny Pickett then whips the leg around, does not go down. Yep. And, of course, with every defender stop, what a spoiler alert, he goes on to score. Oh, yeah. I think it ends up being somewhere around a 50-yard uh, quarterback run. This gainered so much national attention, yep. this one play. It probably is the, the, the more interesting conversation coming out of the game because there wasn't playoff implications to it. As in, what has football become when an offensive guy can do that? The defense has no choice but to put their hands in their pockets. Yeah. What did you see? What did you think there? So, let's let's go ahead and cover this. Obviously, the play right now is legal. I mean, there's no way around it. Oh, 100%. It, no rules were broken at all. Yeah, right. So, from from Kenny Pickett being a playmaker, the, the play is incredibly smart, right? I mean, you fake it, everybody stops, you, you cut and go. That play needs to be a penalty. And here's why I say that. There is there is a lose-lose for the defense with a fake slide. You either have to give up on the play like you're taught and let the quarterback go down. And not safe, concuss the guy. Yeah, and be safe. Or every time somebody goes to slide, you have to absolutely train wreck them, and then you're going to get quarterbacks hurt. The, the the play in college football needs to be some sort of penalty. or I mean, maybe not a penalty, but it needs to be illegal. I don't know how you work that out, but th- there's no way to make that make sense in the game of football with how we want it to be played. Here's the problem that I have with the play, right? Whenever a quarterback slides in the game of college football, the quarterback is marked down where he initially starts the slide. Oh, that's right, right? too. That's so it's too, not yeah. where the ball is. It's not where your butt lands. It's not where your feet are. It's where you give yourself up, as I'm pretty sure the lingo they use. There's nobody who knows the game of football who did not see Kenny Pickett give himself up on the play. That yep. was the gesture that he made. Yep. I believe that play should have been reviewed and called back to the moment he faked. Yep. I say that with quotations. I know you can't see me. Giving himself up. Right. Because if you are asking defenders, and I think we're seeing an improvement on the whole targeting style. Like, right. I think it is getting better. The severity of the rule and the harshness of the play that we might not necessarily agree with has seemed to clean up a lot of the hard, nasty hits, right? They're obviously still there, but you're playing a game where humans beat up on each other. Yep. Let's call a spade a spade here. So for me, the clear outcome of the situation should have been Kenny Pickett acted like he was giving himself up. Therefore, the defense honored that as they were taught and supposed to. The play should have been down at the, let's just say, 30-yard line wherever he faked it, and that should be that. 
I agree you could call a flag on that if you change the rule, but the rule states as of now it's where the player gives himself up, he's down, right? Yeah, I agree. So I, I kind of got lost on that situation, and of course some, some rules need to be oh, absolutely. implemented. Yeah, What's absolutely. crazy is is I, I think that's the first time in college football history you might have seen that. Yeah, I, I, I know for me, you look at yeah. Kenny Pickett and you go, that was ingenious, bro. Yeah, it was. Like, fantastic job there. But so. to protect the players, we, you, that, that can't oh, happen. Oh, for sure, for sure. To, to protect the integrity of yeah. defense, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, so. And that'll do it. Five great games. Bash Brothers Championship Week in Review. Now, we got a playoff. We have a playoff. We got a playoff. Tell me there's a playoff. I am telling you there is a playoff. And, and we now know exactly what it is. Yep. So just a quick recap of the rankings. I'm sure you know them. It's Sunday. Everybody's tuned in. Everybody's on Twitter and Facebook. You know. So number six, Ohio State, which was interesting to me. Baylor not there. Yeah. Interesting. That clearly it was said on the show. I think that's just an indication that they fully believe Ohio State is a better team than Baylor. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. Number five, Notre Dame, who had an outside shot, comes up one spot early. We thought the Brian Kelly decision might have impacted it. I don't know if the committee didn't just put him at five and say, look, if something more would have happened, we probably would have thrown him in there. Ha-ha, we don't care about the coach. But grand scheme of things, looks pretty kosher. I'm good with it. Notre Dame at five makes a lot of sense. Number four, historic-making non-power five Cincinnati Luke Fickle in Cincinnati gets the number four spot as they should history is is created there number three the University of Georgia after you know taking a butt whooping in Atlanta to the hands of Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide fall to number three I think this was exactly what should have happened I don't think they made it the committee states they don't make decisions regarding rematches. They simply don't care. They rank them in the way that they feel as they should. Right. This is what we had it at. I think they got it right. Yeah. Uh, number two, Michigan. Also, historic, historic season for them. Could have easily put them at number one. You're coming off two back-to-back weeks of burying Ohio State and then burying Iowa in your championship game. And since the Michigan State game, which you also looked really good in, you've been a pitcher of consistency. Right. Number one, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They now have the best win in the country. Yep. Um, they've they've handled business all season, and that resilience that they built up in those close games where they did look ungood. I don't think anybody's going to disagree that Alabama didn't look great this season. But when it mattered, the greatest college football coach of all time had his team completely prepared to dominate, and dominate they did. Yep. So now we have two matches set up. We obviously we have other bowl games that have been right. announced. We will cover that next week on our Capital One Bowl Mania Bash Brothers Challenge Bowl Ranking Prediction Show. It won't be called that. That's too many names. Number one versus number four. Alabama, Cincinnati, ESPN 330, Cotton Bowl. Yep. It'll happen in Texas. Just quick, hit me with your thoughts. Yeah, uh, Alabama opens up as, I believe, a 12.5-point favorite. Um, one thing that Joey Galloway said on the selection show that I, I agree with, you know, we, we saw Alabama's A game last night. During the regular season, we saw their C and D game. So what what, what Alabama team are you going to get? Uh, oh, I'll, it's, well, I like that you said that. I would like to make a point off of that. Last night, you saw Alabama's best game they played all season and Georgia's worst game. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. 
that is the key. Is can yeah. Nick Saban now that everybody's back on board? Joey Galloway said it in the opening of the college football playoff prediction or announcement show that when Alabama plays their best game, they're the best team in the country. Yeah. I so like now, in a matter of one night, which I'm not saying is right or wrong, Alabama went from the dynasty's over back to the best team in the country. Can Nick Saban have them ready to go? You tell yeah. me. Well, Nick Saban in the playoffs, right? Nick Saban in a clutch moment. Nothing nothing from history's past tells me Alabama won't be ready for this game. I mean, since Cincinnati's played a great season, their best game is against Notre Dame. That's their best win, and they won in South Bend. I think they look great. It, it, everything in me tells me to pick Alabama with the over. I, I, I could see this being very much a blowout. It, Cincinnati's going to be coming to play, don't get me wrong. But Alabama's going to be coming to play, too, and they have the best quarterback in the country behind center. That, honestly, to me, this is a battle of which team shows up for both teams. Yeah. Does the team that Cincinnati, you know, the team that played Tulsa come out there, the one that played Navy, the one that even struggled, you know, last week, you could see it being a, a slobber knocker if they don't. I think this could be a close game. But I'm with you. I err on the side of history and the greatest college football coach of all time, Nicholas Saban, and I think Alabama will get it done. Let me review some tape. Let me kind of dive more in depth into the numbers. These are just our quick thoughts. These games were literally announced about two hours ago. The second game, Michigan and Georgia. Battle of probably what we'll call the best two defenses in the country this season. Yep. Uh, I think Georgia's number one in most categories. I think Michigan's right around number two. So this honestly feels like a great matchup. Orange Bowl in Miami, ESPN, 7.30, December 31st. Will be a fantastic day for the game of college football. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts? So, great defenses. You said it, right? Great defenses. Obviously, you you got to see Georgia bounce back from an awful defensive game against Alabama. We'll see what happens. And similar offenses. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michigan relies super heavy on that run. I said it, you know, talking about Iowa, they scored four times on the ground. Cade McNamara typically plays the game that he he can. He does what he does to kind of help that run game out, but he's not a he, – he's Stetson-esque to me, right? He passes when they need him to, but he relies on the run game. I think typically this season the run has – kind of fed into Georgia's defense is what they stopped the best. So I think that favors Georgia. Georgia opens up as a seven-and-a-half point favorite. I think – assuming they fix the issues and bounce back, I think I take Georgia in this game. I, I think I go with the under. I think Georgia wins by a touchdown instead of the seven in the hook. That is a great point, and I, and I again, I echo your sentiments. There's clear favorites in both of these football games, but what Georgia team shows up? Georgia has not been iffy this season. They t- played 12 straight games of complete dominance yep. and then one game where they looked like they didn't know how to play defense. Yep. If that team that played Alabama last night shows up, Michigan will beat them. Oh, Michigan 100%. will beat them Absolutely. handily. Um, it's, it's a great comparison of two teams that rely on their run game to open up the pass and a quarterback who should facilitate. There's a whole nother nuance to this game, yep. and it's called what quarterback should Georgia play. Yeah. Listen, I know people are asking that question. People have asked us that question. I had a buddy text me literally 30 minutes ago and say, hey, what do you think about the whole JT Daniels situation? Here's my quick thoughts. I can't answer that question because I don't go to practice. 
I believe Kirby Smart is putting the best guy out there that he thinks can win. Other than that, the only question that I have here is if our defense, if he does not believe that our defense can play the way it has played all season in the playoffs, then you might go with JT Daniels because he has a better deep ball to score more consistently. If you need a game manager and your defense is going to play as dominant as they have all season, you're fine with Stetson Bennett. He's more mobile. He's going to have less negative plays. I know he's had the two interceptions against Alabama. That seems to have been an outlier this season because he's played great all season. Therefore, the only person who can answer this question are the people inside the program. I can't wait to see what the answer is. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, to me, if you don't think that they're going to look at it and see who they need to start against Michigan, I think you're crazy. I mean, I think they're going to they're going to evaluate it. And at the end of the day, if they think JT Daniels is the change they need to make, he'll be starting against Michigan. I have to fully believe that. And yeah, we'll see we'll see what it is going forward. But it's uh, we're finally we're here. It's playoff time. We're here. It is playoff time. It is time to strap on your big boy pants, play the best football you possibly can, and make history. I cannot wait to see how this shakes out. It feels criminal right. that we have to wait, what is it, like three tw- weeks, 24, yeah, 24 days or whatever yeah. to find out how this thing plays out. I cannot wait. It is going to be awesome to do it alongside you, brother, yep. alongside all you people listening. Jordan, where can the people find you? Twitter, Instagram, uh, jharrison score 6 I'm on Facebook, Jordan Harris, and yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I'm getting ready for it tomorrow, I guess. Dang right. You can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram and Facebook, Connor Chandler on Twitter. You can follow us at B Brothers Pod. That's B Brothers P-O-D on Twitter. Again, Capital One Mania. Make yourself a profile. Join up. We would love to have you. Take your best shot. It's free. Free to enter. You win. You get 50 bucks. Literally, you could just flip a coin 43 times and enter and possibly win 50 bucks. Yeah ain't many chances to do that in life so do that enjoy uh this season was a blast we now get a chance to just kind of unwind a little bit kind of breathe you know walk outside on a saturday with no nerves have a blast take a walk enjoy the weather uh we will be back next weekend with our uh, Capital One Bowl Mania Challenge Prediction Show. We will preview and predict probably every single bowl game because that's what the show will consist yeah. of. Next week, the next week will be our award show. You know, best offense, best defense, coach of the year, Heisman, best jersey combo, anything and everything that we see fit, Bash Brothers Award style. And we will see y'all next week. Enjoy your week. Have a good one. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And as always... We are the Bash Brothers, signing off. Yerp.